From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Hey, what do you let those boys push you around like that for? Well, they're bigger than me. Stand tall, boy. Have some respect for yourself. Don't you know if you let people walk over you now, they'll be walking over you for the rest of your life. I love that. That's from Back to the Future. And, of course, the wimp there was George McFly, and he ends up not being a wimp at the end. So you want to do that in your own life. Think of areas where you feel like a wimp. Internally, you feel like a coward if it's with your in-laws or your parents or your kids or with with your partner or a co-worker. Think of those situations where you feel like a wimp and try to figure out What could I say that would break through this cycle? How could I speak my own mind? You can rehearse it. You can even practice it privately in the car, what you want to say to the person. But give yourself a voice and you won't be self-betraying. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My number's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. I'm a clinical psychologist, and that means you can call me with any questions that are keeping you awake at night, problems with relatives, with co-workers, with yourself, or even with a friend. And here's an email that I have of somebody who calls herself a hurting friend. That's how she signs it. This is from Marie. See what you think about this. Hello, Dr. Kenner. I had a fallout with my close friend, Sarah, of two years, and she's disappeared from my life. I'm sad and hurt, and I want to amend our friendship. We met through business. She travels constantly on her job, and so we used to communicate by emails. I insisted, uh, she recently insisted I stop emailing her. She even had an attorney warn me not to contact her again. Now, this is ridiculous, but I think it's because she had a traumatic past and she exaggerates things in dealing with her pains or hurts. I don't know what to do. Now, at this point in reading it, I've got some empathy for you. But let's look a little further into this, because the email continues. It was largely my fault for the breakup of the friendship, because I constantly emailed her to apologize. It was more like nagging. But that pushed her away even more. She stopped emailing me, but I kept sending her emails. A couple of months ago, I called her. She got scared and sought legal counsel. I've hurt her very badly by the emails instead of coming out to see her in person. But because of her bad past, she didn't want any unexpected visitations. We live in different states, East Coast, West Coast, so it's difficult for me to make any personal visit without scaring her. Now that puzzled me too. Why can't you just plan together to visit? You know, and if you're friends and you want to go out and visit her, you don't have to just pop up on her doorstep and scare her. And why would it be scary? You know, that would be a wonderful surprise. So continuing, I don't want to give up on the friendship, but I'm not sure what to do because she brought in the legal person. Sarah would resort to legal action. Most of her friends are high-powered career women, so she's tapping into one of her legal buddies. Um, That doesn't surprise me. We're both in our 40s, married with kids, and she's single. I have a business, and so does she. Now talk about bombshells. That was a bombshell for me because I'm thinking, oh, you're either young and you're going out there, you have a really close friendship, or you're gay and this is a woman that you're very attracted to, but you're married with kids and you're focusing all this time and spending all this time emailing her. So I will finish up the email and then give you my thoughts. Um, During the last year of our friendship, we had many fights and makeups. She told me she would disappear if the tensions persisted. We always ended up being upset with each other. As our friendship grew closer, the tensions escalated. 
Now that's a red flag. It doesn't make sense. She had a lot of pressure from her job as well. So my mistake was I didn't give her the space she desperately needed. Any chance of fixing up this mess? Hurting friend Marie. My first thought is, what is up with this? What qualities does Sarah have that make you pursue an obvious lost cause? Or what losses are you experiencing, maybe from your past, it may resonate with your past, that make you on, put you on hot pursuit of a rejecting friend, ex-friend, rather than just letting go? Is there some guilt in this? Some people need to pursue the person hotly just so they can feel like the person will that they will accept the apology and then they feel mended within themselves what were you fighting about i mean when you have a good friendship it doesn't consist of daily fighting so you both have businesses you're both married with kids so the big question that just leaps out at me is why is she so important to you you're not her only friend. You mentioned that she has many friends. It was obviously a ro rocky relationship. And I'm wondering why you kept pursuing her because it does end up being stalking if she says, I want to end the, the friendship and you won't let me. You're not respecting her judgment. You're not treating her decently. And you've gotten into a pattern that I see and many therapists see this or almost all therapists see this. It's called a distancer-pursuer pattern a distancer pursuer pattern where you're becoming the pursuer and the closer you get to her the more she just boomerangs away she, not boomerangs but she just lurches away from you she doesn't want anything to do with you which makes you want to pursue her more so you come even closer to her which makes her shove you away more psychologically and when you get into that pattern the best thing to do is back off you need to back off. You need to recognize, take seriously what she says, respect her mind, identify your own issues, go into therapy if you have to. I think all this time that you've spent emailing her and trying to pursue her maybe should be spent with your hubby, rebuilding the relationship with him. You're not even talking about him. Or spending more time with your kids, assuming they're still younger. But it should be focused there or developing new friendships. So you have no choice. Let it go. Figure out what you say to yourself about you that makes you on hot pursuit of her. Figure out what's going on in your marriage. Why do you need the emotional intimacy from this friend rather than your hubby and a single friend? Um, instead of spending your days grieving your loss, you want to milk the values that are already in your life. And of course, I've said that, your husband and your kids. So I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My number's toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. -E -E Here is an email from a guy who is laughing inappropriately. Uh, what would you do if you had this problem? Dr. Kenner, how can I reduce my intense, inappropriate laughing and smiling when I'm embarrassed? My father had it also. I've had psych evals. I'm not psychotic, but I am neurotic now. I, as Dr. Ellen Kenner, hate that word neurotic. I think it just traps people into thinking that there's something really bad with them and it makes it harder to change. But this guy thanks me, Maury. His name's Maury. So let's take a situation, Maury. You're at work. A woman that you're really attracted to asks you to help her understand something on the computer. Maury, can you come over and help me with this? Now, you're really attracted to her, and you're walking over to her with a smile. But it is not an enticing smile. It's not just a warm, friendly smile. It's a frozen 
phony smile, a nervous smile. <laughs> and when you go to speak, you, <laughs> you have this very nervous laugh. Now, what is she going to hear? You're coming over to help her with her computer, and you reek not of B.O., but of insecurity. Your laughter sounds anxious. Um, that it, So the question is, where does an anxious laughter come from? Well, it comes from your own subconscious detecting a contradiction, a conflict inside you. You may be telling yourself, I've got to act confident. I can't have this nervous laugh. And then another part of you is saying, but there's no way I can be confident. That's just not me. And so you're, you feel the sweat coming on. You feel anxious. You try to speak, and it comes out as a nervous laugh laugh because you're trying to fake being happy and relaxed. That's why the laugh. So in private, what I would recommend doing, translate your smile or laughter into thoughts. And it's going to be probably along the lines of what if she notices that I like her? What if she thinks I'm a jerk? What if I screw up in something I say? That's self-doubt. You want to build self-esteem. Can it be built? Of course it can. Is this neurosis for life? Uh-uh. It's not even a neurosis. You just need the skills to value yourself. I've written a book with a co-author, Dr. Ed Locke. We have a whole chapter on how to make yourself lovable. Translation, how to build your own self-esteem, to love your values, your hobbies, your friends, your interests. And so I would like you to do give yourself a gift. Imagine yourself fully confident without the nervous laugh. Practice that. Picture yourself having that confidence. Build the confidence by having a career that you love, being efficacious in it, being successful, having a hobby that you love. Build the confidence over time. And then when you meet a woman woman in this state, you'll think, well, she's nice. I wonder what I'm attracted to in her. I wonder if she's dating anyone. It won't be judging yourself all the time. It will be looking out at her. Now, we weren't able to get to the email. Um, I will talk about this next time. The guy who, the woman who's been with a guy for 11 years, and, um, and he drops the bombshell that he wants to leave her. We'll talk about that next week. Right now, we are going to turn after the break to scam artists. Have you ever been taken in by a psychological one? If you've been taken in by some religious kooks, you may have been. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. Toll free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Everyone you date gives you more opportunity to fine-tune your knowledge of what you want to avoid and what you want in yourself and in a partner. If you discover flaws that make you less lovable, correct them before looking for another potential soulmate. Put the past behind you. Don't wallow in self-pity or self-doubt or fantasies of what could have been. Don't pursue the unimportant or unattainable in your search for a soulmate. If you have been rejected by someone you truly know and love, or if you have broken off a long relationship, give yourself reasonable time to grieve the loss, just as you would if a loved one had passed away. Healthy mourning involves reinvesting in your own life. In this case, it means motivating yourself to look for a better match. Download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com.